Hello, um, welcome to Reading Radio. This is a father-daughter book podcast where we read books and then talk about them. That's a great description. <laughs> I'm Laura. And I'm Jason. And this month we are talking about Wizard of Oz by Frank Baum. The wonderful Wizard of Oz is the book. The Wizard of Oz is the movie. Oh. People get very particular online. I'm, I'm sorry. That's okay. We'll let it go for now. Just don't let it happen again. You got the author right, which anybody who's been listening to the show for any amount of time knows is a miracle. It's true. So how's life going? It's going good. I'm a little bit sick, so my voice is not as good as it normally is. You know, there might be a lot of editing to do in this show. If I get a little sloppy at the end, I apologize, but hopefully it's tolerable because we're both a little scratchy. We've been coughing a little. Don't know what it is, if it's allergies or whatnot, but it is is what it is. So college is still going well? Yeah, not too bad. Coming up on midterms? No, you just we passed midterms and you didn't have any. Yeah. You have those weird classes where they don't test you. No, I do have tests. They're just unit but like by sections. So I had a test this week, but it's not a midterm. It's like every four chapters of the book or whatever. So every four or five weeks. Nice. Okay. Frank Elbaum, the Wonderful Wizard of Oz. Yes. So, spoiler free zone. Girl gets transported to magical place, must find a way home. Great. That sounds like almost every book. It's a lot of them. Being mm-hmm. transported to a magical place where you have to get home slash save the world because you're the chosen one. Pretty standard. Fair. Mm-hmm. This is one of the originals, as far as yes. we know, or at least one of the ones that survived. It's yeah. possible that he copied other people that just weren't as popular. But I've read that this was known as one of the first American fairy tales. Yeah. You read that too? Yes, I did see that. All right, so um, uh, what did you think of the book overall? I really liked this one, actually. You sound so surprised whenever you like a classic book. That's because they're either hit or miss. They're either really good or really bad. Like, we heard that last month with... um, Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, that was not good. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend reading that one, folks. It's just watch the Disney flick or something. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those things where the, the... the characters got a, got a life of their own and have been t- used so much that they're not even related to the original anymore. Yeah. I feel like uh, Frankenstein that. is like that. Have you ever tried to read Frankenstein, the modern Prometheus? I have not. Oh, it's boring. It has nothing to do with the green-headed, flat-headed <laughs> bolts-in-his-neck guy. He's actually handsome and, like, intelligent. It, yeah, exactly. The yeah, face you're giving weird. me. That's weird. I know. But that, so... The Frankenstein that we're used to came from someone's retelling a of Broadway it. production, yeah. a movie or something. I, can't I feel remember. like we listened to a podcast about that. Right, and so that became and that you can't use that because it's copywritten, but you can actually use the original Frankenstein because it's fair game. Mm-hmm. But you just can't have bolts and a green head, green flathead. Which I don't know how the monsters got away with it. Don't worry. That's about a it. TV show from probably before you even recognized TV. But it was black and white. Frankenstein was the dad. Vampire woman was his mom or his wife. Her dad was a vampire. Their son was a werewolf. And then they had a normal that daughter. That sounds like a hot mess. It was. And then they had a daughter who was perfectly normal and very attractive. So the the, <laughs> this, the running joke was, she'd bring a man home. Frankenstein opens the door and he would run and they would speed up the films as he ran away. So he looked really weird jumping over the fence. It was funny. That sounds interesting. You remember, are you familiar with the Adams Family? Yeah. Monsters and the Adams Family came out almost the same time. I'm not sure who was first. But All that's right. neither here nor there. So, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, Frank L. Baum, 19-something or other, 1900, 1920? I can't remember exactly. Old. <laughs> Everything's old <laughs> to you. That's not true. You're middle-aged. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this might be the last episode we have because my daughter is going to be grounded forever. Scale of one to five. One being Sleepy Hollow. Five being Chronicles of Narnia. Where would you place this book? 4.5. Four, wow. That's really high. Almost Narnia territory. Okay, we'll, we won't, we won't, we'll talk about what you like later in the sleepers. I don't know. I'm going to give it... I feel like I have to give it a th- four, three, three and a half. I'll go three and a half only because I think I've read it too many times. Mm. And so I was very familiar with everything. What I'd really like to do is read some of the next books in the series because I think there's five more, four more. Oh, wow. If I had to remember. So the the movie obviously only does half the book. And then those books are completely different. Like mm-hmm. all new, different things happen. It's my understanding. I've never read them. So it might be interesting to read that and see if I really do enjoy the story. I know I was a huge fan of the movie. Like, my mom said I watched it over and over. I had it memorized when I was, like, five. That's impressive. I have a way of memorizing movies and lines and things. I don't... Like, that's why acting was always easy for me, because I can <laughs> memorize scripts pretty well. Okay, so age content rating? I don't... There was nothing wrong with it, really. Yeah, I think it's pretty G-rated. There might be a little bit, like, harder language... But I don't remember there even being too much. It was really simplistic language for most of it. Some of the language might be outdated in, yeah. the, way, in the way they say things, but I was able to, to interpret fairly easily what it meant. Other than the use of the word, spoiler alert, slightly humbug. It does not mean just, bah, humbug, like Ebenezer Scrooge uses it. Humbug is actually a thing that pretends to be something it's not. So Christmas isn't really special humbug. That's what Ebenezer Scrooge meant. I didn't know that until I heard it used in The Wizard of Oz and had to look it up because I was trying to understand the original meaning. That's a slight spoiler for The Wizard of Oz, a book that's over 100 years old. <laughs> yeah. So I, this would be a great book to read out loud with younger kids. Yeah, or do the audiobook as yeah. a family while you do some handicrafts or something. If you listen to it or read it out loud, I don't think there's any age that this couldn't be read. So this is a really good book to, to kick off with. Mm-hmm. But it's also interesting enough that I enjoyed it thoroughly at, like, 16. So yeah. it'd be a good, wide, family-range book. Yeah, I think so. It's it's definitely not a child's book that would be boring, but one if you read a chapter a night or something. I don't know. I'm trying to remember exactly how it breaks down. But if you read, like, a chapter a night as the kids are going to bed mm-hmm. or something, it'd be great. Yeah. Okay. Well, with that, we're going to enter... The Spoiler Zone. What did you know about this going in? Have you, have you ever seen the movie? Yeah. Okay. I feel like we watched the movie a little bit when I was younger, but I remember not liking it because it was real people. Oh, because you were in a cartoon phase back then? Oh, yeah. I'm still in a cartoon phase. I watch anime now. But, but you'll watch real people, too. I do watch real people. <laughs> that that's, sounds that's... weird. <laughs> I watch real people. <laughs> okay, so you had an idea of what was coming yeah. in. Fair enough. What was your first impression of the book? Were you thinking you wouldn't like it because you didn't like the movie, or...? I thought I wouldn't, like, I thought it'd be okay. I thought it'd be kind of middle, like, middle range. Something I was forcing you to read. Yeah. You were going to be bored with again. Well, sorry. You picked this one. I liked it, though. It was yeah. really good. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it. I loved looking for the differences. Mm-hmm. Like, where was this different? There's a whole, um, there's a whole plot line in the movie where the Wicked Witch is actually her neighbor that tries to have Toto put down for biting her. Mm-hmm. And so 
I mean, let's just jump right to the end of the spoilers. It's the big difference is the book, she actually goes to a magical land, does all the things, and comes home. In the movie, she gets hit in the head by something in the hurricane, and she dreams the whole thing, which is why the Wicked Witch is her evil neighbor, and the... That's so boring. I know, right? The Scarecrow, the Lion, and the Tin Man were all her... The farm hands. farm hands around the farm. And so she gets home, has this great scene where she sees everybody, and you were there, and you were there, and there's no place like home, which is like one of the most famous lines in movie yeah. history. But I really like the... It, it's a real thing that happened. That's mm-hmm. a much better story as far as I can tell. This book is the kind of book that had all the things I was looking... I'm looking for, or do look for, in like more modern YA books, I think. Like what? Because the, pl- the plot was interesting enough... To keep me engaged throughout it, there was, there was good character development. It was maturely written, but there wasn't any of the things that now come with like, YA books. Now there was no graphic, um, violent scenes. There was no romance. There was no foul language. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I could see all that. But it was also enough that, like, it was still a really interesting story. And I think that's part of the reason I rated it so high. Because I can't find books like that that are written now that are clean enough that, like, I can read without worrying what's going to come up. That's interesting. Because to me, it felt a little more like the book we're going to read in two months, I think, Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Events happening that are, that are somewhat disconnected from each other, but have the same characters. Like, Alice seems to move from scene to scene to scene. And just have these skits play out. Yeah. And Dorothy does the same thing. She meets everybody, and then they move from scene to scene to scene doing the things. But I didn't really feel the character development. Now, I did notice the characters The characters were definitely uh, more robust than they are in the movie. Yes. Especially when you see, like, it becomes very obvious very quickly that the things they're asking for... They already have. They already have. Like, the Scarecrow figures out every problem they have. The... Tin Man is such a gentle soul that he steps on a bug and he cries, and the lion jumped up to defend them against everything that happened. Whereas in the movie, they totally played that off. The lion hides from everything, mm-hmm. and the Tin Man, he pushes the Tin Man in front, and the Scarecrow is like an idiot. And like, They really, I think, throw out the guts of the book to some degree. Yeah, that makes sense. To make the, Well, and to make the movies back then, I feel like they did a lot more of that, especially for like something that was going to be general availability and... Mm-hmm. I don't know. They they do it now too. I guess they strip out all things that are great about books to make movies. Maybe that's part. I like the simplicity of it. There, she was nice. It was. You have to think too hard. Yeah. It, it was very clear. And you mentioned it kind of felt like scene to scene to scene, and the author had a theater background. Okay. So that might have been part of it. That seems more like a play style. Just kind of go part for part rather than. A continuous flow of a story like it in more modern movies or books. I could see that. Maybe that's true. I saw a total sidetrack. I saw this in a t- made for TV movie about Frank Baum and how he made The Wizard of Oz. And if I'm right, John Ritter played him. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if that's exactly right or not, but he was just telling the story to this group of kids, like off the cuff. And they're like, she went to this magical land. What was it called? It was called, and he looks over at a filing cabinet that was A to N and then O to Z. Oz! And I'm like, I, I don't know if that's true. I want that to be true for some reason, which I think would be really cute. Yeah, the total side tangent. Why do you think this book is such a perennial favorite? I think almost because of the simplicity of it. It doesn't seem to have aged poorly. Hmm, that's good. So it, 
I could take this book and put it on the shelves in the new rele- like in the children's new release section, and I don't think anyone would really question it except for the fact that it's that well known. You mean had it never been written? <laughs> yeah, it could still yeah it could still be successful today. I think that's true. Maybe with a few minor alterations. So there's not really anything there that people don't understand today. I wonder if the movie hadn't been made, if it would still be a successful book series. So it was pretty commercially successful when it happened, but the Wizard of Oz movie broke all kinds of rules. Not rules, like the, it did things that were they were impressive at the time. It broke all kinds of barriers. Mm-hmm. So the, some of the special effects they used, they were the first person to get all the little people together. Yeah. And like that's where like little person conventions started, and where like really uh, identity based or interest based conventions that weren't business hmm. started, because the the Munchkins they basically decided let's let's do this again. Like I've never seen another one of me. Like I've never seen another little person because you know, it's just rare enough. Unless you live in a huge city and happen to see somebody, it probably didn't happen. You just probably didn't know anybody. So when they called people in from all over the country, and then they were like, hey, they're we're not alone. Yeah. It's that idea of being united. They started doing that and getting together all the time. And so there was that. And unfortunately, if I remember right, it was up against Gone with the Wind at the Oscars. Mm. And it lost almost everything to Gone with the Wind. But it was a more commercially successful movie than Gone okay. with the Wind. And then, of course, it was one of those things that went on TV. Like for me, there was one time a year The Wizard of Oz was on TV and they would do it like no commercials. So there'd be all the commercials up front, and then it would start, and then they would go straight through or something. Hmm. So I watched it every year as a tradition. Now people get to pick what they watch. So without all those things coming together, I wonder if it would still be successful. Maybe not as much, but I still think it would have stuck around. Like maybe something more to the scale of Black Beauty, like maybe one of those school things you have to read. You have to read? Yeah, maybe. I wonder why you don't read it in schools. I've heard a lot of the discussion about the symbolism mm-hmm. in the book, having to do with the Red Scare and capital, the issues with capitalism, that sort of thing. I never really read into all that. It was just a nice little fantasy adventure, but people write with their ideals in mind. So, Is there anything that would cause it to get, like, it hasn't been banned or anything, has it? No, because it's all fantasy. Yeah. The only thing I think that might come close is if little people started to be offended with the idea of munchkins... But I think they're so happy that that brought their community together. I don't know. You'd have to ask somebody else. I don't think there's anything cancelable in it. Because it's it's fantasy. Yeah. So, I don't know why it's not read in schools. Probably just, you have so many to pick from. That's true. Just, what are you going to do with it? And other things you can talk about, the histor- historical aspects, aspects of, of, yeah, when it took place. You could talk. And this isn't, can't really no. do that. No, because you said it's timeless. So it's a great, it's a great book to read, but it's not... It's not going to add extra conversation. Yeah. So the color aspects in the film are kind of interesting. The movie makes it really obvious because it's all black and white and dreary in Kansas. And then she gets to Oz, opens the door, and it's bam, technicolor. Brilliant, beautiful, bright. The Mm -hmm. Munchkin City looks like Willy Wonka's house. It's nuts. In the books, they talk a lot more about the entire world, well, uh, the land of Oz, being kind of north, south, east, west, and each having its own color scheme. Apparently, Baum wrote a book about how to like color theory and, and dressing windows. Cause that's how you shop back then. It's like almost like being the web development guy who would <laughs> pick the colors. And those colors lined up with the theory at the time that yellow was West of blue. And then they meet at the Emerald city. There's, there's some interesting things that I kind of read about where he brought all this color theory into writing. And you wouldn't think color theory as an author is going to be important, but he made it important as he developed the story. 
That's interesting. I like that it, it almost simplifies the uh, like cultures and stuff because some fantasy books, especially now, have tons of countries and stuff and cities, and they all have different like culture based mm-hmm. things. But I like the simplisticness of it of just having it be the colors. It makes it very stereotypical, though. Mm-hmm. It's like in, in Star Trek, you go to a planet, and everybody on the whole planet is the same. Like, okay, guys, come on. We, we're not even the same in, a, in our country, let yeah. alone the entire planet. And Oz kind of divides it out, but it does make it easier to follow. Mm-hmm. These are the wink. This is the Winkies land. This is how they do things. There are no exceptions to this rule until we write a story about the one guy who's an exception, because that's always a good story. But I like that. Other thing that was different, the Emerald City wasn't really green. That's. F- I thought that was funny. Did I don't it? know why. This city is notorious for its greenness, but it's just glasses that he has everyone wear. And nobody notices that you're putting on green glasses and everything looks green, including you? <laughs> it's funny. No. I like the wizard's character, too. He's like, yeah, I'm a fake, but they believed me and I can trick them enough to make it work, so why not? They're happy. I'm happy. Yeah, that's it. He does play himself off as kind of a humbug. He's like, oh, yeah, I, I am. I'm I'm a fake. I'm a fraud. Like, I am. Do? But they're chill with it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's one of the interesting parts, too. Because they're like, yeah, I'm done pretending. I can go home now. Want to come with me, Dorothy? Let's find right. a way. Right, which should have been the end of the story if you if you read the book. But then she's, she gets left behind and has to go on this whole set of adventures to find the the wicked, well... No, that's after she fought the wicked after witch. After she fought the wicked She has to find Glinda. Yeah, which Glinda just shows up in the movie. like, oh, you could have went home anytime you want. I always hated that ending. That's boring. It's super deus ex machina, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, what are we going to do now? Uh, how about Glinda shows up and she tells her about the magic shoes that can transport her anywhere she wants. Why didn't she tell her that in the beginning? She gave her the ruby slippers and she's like, only the Wizard of Oz can help you. Uh, oh, except for the shoes on your feet, but I'm not going to tell you about that right <laughs> now. So, I don't know if Glinda's nice. I think she might be bad. Well. <laughs> Again, it was all a dream in the movie, so it doesn't matter. Dreams don't have to make sense. No. But I mean, I guess it's the same way in the book. No. The Winkies give her the shoes, and they probably don't know the magic behind Not the Winkies, the Munchkins. The Munchkins mm-hmm. give her the shoes after she kills the witch. Right. So she gets she wears the shoes all through Oz, and then Glenda Glenda doesn't in the book doesn't tell her. You're right. I guess yeah. she did. But I like I like the wizard's character. I think it's funny. Yeah. It was good that he wasn't like he pretend he did a super great job giving yeah. everybody their fear, what they what they thought he would be, and then just wasn't. And he's not, like, he didn't even hide the fact that he wasn't once they figured out. He's like, no, I'm just, nor- I'm, I'm a normal human who's good at magic. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a clown. Wasn't he from Nebraska or something like that? I think One so. One of the prairie states. So it was good. But I love the rest of the book. That That's the part when it really got interesting for me. When I get to the end of the movie that I knew so well, mm-hmm. and then I get, oh, this is all new now. Yeah. Let's find out what happens. And then all those adventures were, were at least unique. Although I'm having trouble remembering anything right now. There was, the, like, the China place mm-hmm. and then there was the hammerhead oh the hammerheads were fun you think you're getting over my mountain Whack. <laughs> i like the monkeys too the flying monkeys yeah yeah because they were just like mindless creatures in the movie mm-hmm. but the when they were sh- they would show up be like yep we'll do as you're told you have that cap for three times like they're actually intelligent yeah they had a regal nature to them i like them they're interesting characters too and I think that goes back to what you're talking about with the movie. It strips down, like, the intricacies of the characters. Yeah. You almost have to to shrink it down. I mean, it was a two-and-a-half-hour movie, I think. It's yeah. pretty long. But you just can't... 
you can't do the exposition in a mm. movie that you can't a book. No one's going to listen to the narrator discuss the history of the flying monkeys for 20 minutes, but you'll read that for pages in a book and find it interesting. So that I mean, things just have to translate that way. Okay. Anything was particular about this book that it grabbed your attention? Not particularly. A scene that was interesting? I think the scene with the wizard probably had to be my favorite. Yeah, that's cool. Or the balloon one where he's flying away and she's yelling at him to come back down. And he's like, I can't! I don't actually know what I'm doing! <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're reading Wizard of Oz and then we'll do Dorothy Must Die yes. next month, which is their retelling. They're going to do Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. and then Peter Pan and their yes. retellings. All three of these came out of similar times, they're, and they're similar in that it's a child protagonist going into a different world. Do you see any other connections there? I was trying to think through that. See, I've never read either of the other two books. I'll be honest with you there. Alice in Wonderland is one of my favorites, and I can't believe... I've never read it. I've never read it. We've, We've seen the Disney one a lot, though. I remember liking that when I was younger. My favorite, I can't... It's hard to find anymore, because again, it was a made-for-TV movie, and it was an all-star cast that did it live action. It was two nights for like four hours. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. It was, and so I could name a bunch of people. Nobody you'd know. If the parents are listening, it was like Sherman Helmsley, Sammy Davis Jr. You might know him from the Rat Pack, Frank Sinatra, mm. Dean Martin. No Frank Sinatra. He uh, he played the Caterpillar. And he has a great dance scene breaking down, like tap dancing. And uh, Carol Channing was the White Queen, I remember, for some reason. Anyway, that was always my favorite. And I don't know why. Just because I think I watched a bunch of it. And, mm-hmm. Really enjoyed it. But the kids get to get away from whatever's his bothering The monotony. Yeah. Alice goes through literal growing and and retarding as she drinks and eats various cakes and whatever, not spoiling anything there. There seems to be something about the stories that came out in that time. So I wonder if there's just a bunch of things happening where where they felt people needed an escape. Mm Mm-hmm. And that led people to write. So I'm wondering, like, right now, where are the fairy tales that are helping us escape? Like, there should have been a lot that came out of covid there should have been a lot that are coming out of the bad economic times. They're not terrible yet, but I think things might get a little worse before they get better. Who's writing the tales that are going to help us survive these moments? Because it seems like something in history we've, we've always done. Yeah. It almost feels like there's so much, like, everyone can publish something now. Yeah, there's... how do you rise above the noise? Yeah. I don't know. That's that's tough. Right now, the like publishers and media houses still have a good way of get th- getting things out there. Yeah. So it's either that or you have to beat the algorithm and have YouTube put your stuff up in front of people. I don't know. Because there's still, like, the Harry Potter and stuff. That got big quick. Yeah. Percy Jackson did that, and then it kind of started falling, but then it's having a huge comeback with all the people who read it as kids rereading it for the, in prep for the TV show, and prob- there's probably, like, age-fitting audiences going and reading it for the TV show, too, now. But I don't know how you make something that becomes big and timeless when there's so much maybe that's just not as possible anymore yeah it, it was easy to have the tv show when there was only three channels but now we don't even share a common culture because we're not we can't possibly all be watching the same stuff there's just too much stuff so you have niche cultures of people who watched the same thing or you know all the geeks are watching wheel of time and the rings of power because those are our shows i don't know it's interesting yeah, some other cultural podcast will have to take that on because it's it's above my pay grade. <laughs> Interesting, but I'd listen I'd listen to the show. Oh, I would too. Talking about just it, not probably. creating it. Yeah, don't have enough knowledge. So if you do that show, let us know. We'd love to talk about it or at least listen to you. Okay, so next month, Danielle Page. 
Yes. Dorothy must die. We'll warn you if you're if you're people who grab this ahead of time to join us, we've already found it is probably age 16 plus for some language. So if you're sensitive to that sort of thing, probably you want to skip this month. Um, it does it does die down after a certain bit, but the, in the opening couple chapters... Like the first quarter. My, my wife stopped listening. So take that for what it's worth. She's a little more sensitive than I am. Yeah. Probably should have looked more into it before picking it, but... We didn't know, and it was it was popular. So other than like other than that, there hasn't been anything content wise to be wary of. A little more brutal, I think. Yeah, more brutal. A little more nightmarish than the original. Maybe maybe the original Wizard of Oz was that level of nightmare to people who were a little more <laughs> calm. That's true. Like we need a little more to jar us out of. I don't know. We'll see. So far, it's a decent story, not exceptional, but we'll. It's okay. We'll see where it goes. So there's your little trailer for next month. Yes. I don't know how it's part of a five-book series, though. I'm halfway through book one, and I'm like, I don't know how this is going to stretch out. <laughs> Let's see. Well, it might be new stories every time. That's true. We'll figure it out. We'll see how it goes. All right. Well, until next time. Happy reading. Happy reading, everybody. Reading Radio is a podcast released under a Creative Commons 3.0 share-alike license. The music that you're now hearing is by Kevin McLeod of Income Tech, also released under a Creative Commons share-alike attribution license. Which means you can use this show for any non-commercial purpose as long as you give us credit. All notes and anything else you'd want to find out about Reading Radio can be found at reading-radio.com. If you head over there, you can subscribe to this podcast as well as join our Facebook group where you can contribute to telling us what books you should read. Because Reading Radio is all about bringing families and friends together through a mutual love of young adult literature. And we'd love for you to do this. Happy reading. Thank you.